As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll revisit some great pitching performances from Monday night. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three cold uh, brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, April 13th. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Michael Beller. Michael, let's uh, take a quick look ahead here to uh, Tuesday before we look back at Monday's games. Because uh, on Tuesday, we are going to see Zach Gallen for the first time in 2021. He gets the starting assignment for the Diamondbacks against the Oakland Athletics uh, going up against Jesus Lazardo. I certainly don't see any reason not to get him active if I'm still able to do so. 100% with you on this, Al. And then just on a, on a different note or a related note, just good to see him back this quickly. That's an injury that just sounded scary when it happened. And anytime we are talking about some sort of arm issue with the pitcher, it's going to be scary no matter what it is. So very good that we're getting him back here April 13th. Sounds like all systems are go for him. Don't think that they would be chancing it if they weren't 100% sure that this was in the rearview mirror. So very happy to see him not only back, but back this quickly. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. I think everybody can agree on that. Uh, and some good news, too, for Tim Anderson. He is expected to rejoin the White Sox this Thursday. Of course, he's been out with a hamstring strain, so he'll be a welcome addition to real and fantasy lineups. Anthony Rendon, unfortunately, he was placed on the injured list by the Angels. He's uh, dealing with a groin strain. And so filling in for him on Monday, and I would think for the foreseeable future, would uh, be Jose Rojas got the start against the Royals on Monday. And really, really nice numbers two seasons ago at AAA Salt Lake. Now, bear in mind, that was the rabbit ball season in AAA. Uh, he also was in his age 20 season at that level. But still, a 293 average with 31 home runs. I think you got to tip your hat to him, uh, regardless of the circumstances. 
Definitely think you have to tip your hat to him in at least some regard there. And then let's go back to 2018 as well, Al. He had 352 plate appearances at the AA level and hit 17 homers. Was north of a 10% walk rate in both that season and the 2019 season when he belted the 31 jacks. I would say that a command of the strike zone, a good understanding of the zone, and some sort of legitimate power are definitely uh, tools that he has at his disposal. So with the fact that this just has the feeling of an injury that's going to keep Rendon out for more than just the minimum, I would say that Jose Rojas is someone worth taking a look at, probably someone we're going to be talking about in our fab episode over the weekend. All right, so looking looking ahead, but these weeks go quick, so uh, we'll be talking about him <laughs> no doubt soon. Uh, another IL move here, this one for the Diamondbacks, Christian Walker going on the IL with an oblique strain. So the alignment we saw on Monday for the D-backs uh, is Dribble Cabrera taking over at first base, Josh Van Meter at second, Eduardo uh, Escobar at third, Third, but certainly the, the Diamondbacks can mix and match there. You've got Paven Smith uh, on the roster there. He uh, is a natural first baseman, so maybe we see him in that mix. I'm not sure that anybody really benefits enough there for us to to make a move. You know who might actually is uh, is Tim LaCastro. Because I could see a scenario where Cattell Marte returns and then they start getting him some run at second base and let LeCastro get more run in the outfield if this is something in an oblique strain. We know that's a scary injury for sure. So maybe if it keeps Christian Walker out beyond the time where Marte returns, it's another way to keep LeCastro involved and keep his speed uh, in there for Arizona. Yeah, now I, I like that angle a lot. I think you're right. And uh, if Locastra still does happen to be out there for your next fab, uh, I think it's definitely time, if not uh, beyond time, to, to go get him. So I, I like that call a lot. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And of course, the Padres, uh, they've got to still fill that fifth starter slot uh, with Adrian Morahone out. And one name that was brought up here on a recent episode was that of Denelson Lamette. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like he is not going to make that next turn in the fifth starter slot because he's scheduled to make his next appearance at the alternate site. So while it may not be too far off that we see Lamette in the Padres uh, rotation, looking extremely unlikely that we're going to see that happen this week. So, Michael, with that said, let's take a look at some of the uh, Monday performances. And this is going to be pitchers, pitchers, and more pitchers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of really great pitching performances. And, it, you know, it was really a, a stacked slate in terms of the pitchers. So, not a huge surprise. We'll certainly talk about Tyler Glass now. That was an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Robbie Ray maybe turned in one of the more interesting performances on Monday night. Uh, it was his season debut coming off of the injured list. Went five innings against the Yankees. Tough matchup. Uh, just gave up two runs on three hits and three walks. Only three strikeouts. But throwing harder than he did all last season. 94.7 miles per hour average on the four-seamer. And uh, eight whiffs in 84 pitches. Again, not not necessarily uh, what you hope for for Robbie Ray. But, you know, considering the, uh, the, the opposition, um, I, I take that as an encouraging start. 
I, I suppose you can. The three walks, though, they, they just bother me. And this is the the issue that I, we always have with Robbie Ray. Uh, if if he's going to be walking as many guys as he has shown himself to do over the last couple of seasons, he's got to be striking out a lot of guys to offset that. And, and I just don't trust him. So uh, I I would as a Robbie Ray skeptic, I will say that this. Outing can be considered nothing but encouraging, but those three walks are still going to keep me as a Robbie Ray skeptic. Well, and I'll mention one other number that sort of intrigues me in not necessarily a great way, that he threw a lot of four-seamers, only 14 sliders out of those 84 pitches, definitely below his norm over the last few seasons, which would probably in part explain the low whiff and low strikeout totals. So perhaps maybe instead of starting him uh, for the next time out Saturday at the Royals, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting kind of wait-and-see scenario. See if he can cut down on the walk, see if he throws more sliders, see if he gets more whiffs. Uh, so a lot to watch there there for Robbie Ray. But uh, let's get to some of the really interesting uh, performances and matchups from Monday night. Tyler Glass now, 27 swinging strikes, 14 strikeouts in seven and two thirds. Just an absolute dominating performance, which, you know, unfortunately for Dane Dunning on the other side, you know, he (laughs) got uh, outshadowed, but um, four strong innings, although only four swinging strikes for him. And then piggybacking with him, Taylor Hearn, with a 49% CSW rate, uh, that's called in swinging strikes together. That's phenomenal. So I, I actually went and tried to pick him up in a couple of uh, deeper leagues uh, on the heels of that performance, just because he also does have the history as a strikeout pitcher. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's something that bears watching with these two guys. Um, Dane Dunning, yeah, obviously, was able to have a pretty decent little season last year with the White Sox. And, you know, he was a reasonable centerpiece in the Lance Lynn deal for a reason. So uh, I think he's someone who also bears watching. DVR and I talked about him on our previous waiver episode on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast, mostly because he was getting a two-start week. Off to a pretty good start here. He's someone who I would have on my watch list in terms of being a season-long contributor. Yeah, uh, you know, all, well, obviously, Glass now, if you've got him, you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> you're certainly not looking to trade him, I don't think, at this point. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah, three really impressive performances all in one game. And a couple of impressive performances in the Cubs-Brewers game. Uh, we figured this was going to be a good one with Freddie Peralta and Adbert uh, uh Peralta got, certainly got the better of that matchup. Ten strikeouts in six innings, just one run allowed. Uh, Alzali looking good for five innings, um, but uh, sort of came apart in the sixth. But still a final line that looks pretty nice. Uh, five and a third, six strikeouts. Three runs, but only on three hits and a walk. So uh, uh, obviously very encouraged by both of these pitchers. Yeah, Peralta goes without saying. I find Alzali very intriguing, Al. Um, that first start of the season, also against Milwaukee, uh, got into trouble very early in that game, gave up a two or a three on homer in the first inning, and then cruised and got through five innings. And his second through fifth were very good. This game was a little bit of the reverse, where his one through five was good, got himself into a little bit of trouble in the sixth. And then Luis Urias uh, comes up and hits a bases-clearing double off of Andrew Chafin. You don't expect that to happen too often. So I feel very encouraged by what we saw from Edward Alzali in this outing. I think that strikeout stuff is going to play all year. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, you know, pay attention more to the whip than the ERA uh, from that one. Uh, Really, really good performance. And Alex Cobb, too, kind of a similar thing. Uh, Utterly dominant through five innings and then had to uh, exit in the sixth. But still a really nice final line of five and two-thirds. Ten strikeouts for Cobb. Uh, and uh, three runs allowed on four hits and a walk. So um, not what you would expect from Alex Cobb. 
At least in terms of the strikeouts. There's got to be something to being a starting pitcher who gets out of Baltimore and goes to the Angels, right? <laughs> Dylan Bundy last year and now Alex Cobb this year. I mean, that's the magic formula. Watch out for John Means to get to the Angels next season, and we're going to see a guy make a run at a Cy Young. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about Means a little bit later on, but let's just look at one other pitcher who did really well on Monday night, and that's Waskar uh, Noah, uh, six innings against the Marlins, just one run allowed, three hits, one walk, 10 big strikeouts for him, too. That seemed to be the magic number on, uh, on Monday night. But I, I do have to ask with this one, maybe it's unfair to uh, Inoa, but... Is this uh, his doing or is this mm-hmm. running into a team that's offensively struggled as much as really any team in the majors so far this year? I mean, I think we have to assume it's at least a little bit of both. You still have to be the pitcher who takes advantage of it. So hats off to Yanoa for doing that. And this was another guy who DVR and I talked about in our waiver episode over the weekend. Again, mostly because he was getting a two-start week. But you look at the other options that Atlanta had available and the fact that they would go to Yanoa over some guys who we have previously tried to get ourselves excited about in the fantasy world, uh, a smart team, a team that's done very well with developing pitching, you know, maybe they are excited about this guy. So I, I think at the very least also bears watching for as long as he's going to be in Atlanta's rotation. All right. All right. Yeah. Two, two for two, two good performances so far for him. So a uh, good start to a two start week for him. So let's look ahead to Tuesday. Not quite the bevy of awesome streamers that we had on Monday. In part, that's just because there's a lot of ace type pitchers going that are already rostered, but a couple that are very intriguing. Jake Odorizzi making his Astros debut against the Tigers. Now you've got Matthew Boyd on the other side, who's off to a pretty good start. Now I don't know how deep Odorizzi might go in this game uh any interest here or is this just let's see how he does against what should be a pretty favorable opponent no i, I would definitely have uh, interest in odorizzi and uh, this is something that i talk about a lot only not only interest because of this start but interest because of what he could be as a guy who, who is sticking around on my roster or at least has the potential to stick around i think he's easily a good uh, streaming option and that's even with a detroit uh, offense that has had a couple of uh, early stars here yeah, no, that's true. A little more firepower offensively than maybe uh, a lot of us were expecting. So there's one other possibility here. Uh, I don't think this is going to be really exciting for a lot of people, <laughs> but I- I'm a little intrigued and I wouldn't be thinking about this except for the matchup uh, against the Orioles. And yes, John Means, their ace uh, going for them, but Nick Marchavicious going for the Mariners, uh, the the Orioles, I mean, they're, you know, along with the Marlins and a few other teams, uh, probably the best team to pick on in terms of streaming pitchers. They have the, by a good margin, by the way, the highest strikeout rate uh, of any offense in the majors and one of the stragglers in terms of uh, ISO rate. So is the matchup enough for Marge Vicious, who's, you know, not a great strikeout pitcher, kind of a middle of the road guy, uh, but is this enough to make him worth streaming? It's definitely a matchup play that's available to you if you're looking for a quick stream. I think that's definitely something you could think about. But let me throw someone else out. This is going to be a doubleheader. This game got rained out on Monday night, the first game. So in the nightcap, we got Dean Kramer going for Baltimore. And he's someone who I find pretty intriguing. I mean, just at every single stop along the way in the minors, the strikeout rates are very impressive. I think the stuff is a little bit better uh, than he gets credit for right now. And I like taking a shot on his strikeout upside in the nightcap of uh, of the doubleheader between the Mariners and the Orioles. 
All right. Well, we are starting a streak of episodes where my co-host uh, is pumping up Dean Kramer. His uh, <laughs> DVR did it on a Monday episode. So uh, we'll, we'll see if we can keep that going. So, uh, all right. Well, let's uh, wrap up here, Michael, with our weekly gambling spotlight. What do you have for us? All right. This is not yet posted. Al and I are recording this on Monday night, of course, but uh, Cubs and Brewers getting together for the second game in their series. Brandon Woodruff taking the mound for the uh, Brewers. I do like the Brewers uh, just to win the game. That is minus 145 on the run line, minus one and a half there, plus 135. But the thing I'm really looking at here is whatever Brandon Woodruff's strikeout prop is going to be. It's probably going to be somewhere around seven and a half. I, I love the over in that. The Cubs have been striking out so much already this season. We talked about it earlier in this episode. Freddie Peralta got 10 Ks in six innings against this team. They're just prone to strike out as they have been over the last few seasons. So so long as that Woodruff number comes in around the 7.5, even as high as 8.5, I feel very comfortable taking the over on that one. All right. Yeah, some great Brewers pitching, unfortunately, for the Cubs in that in that series. Uh, so, uh, well, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. So if you're listening to us on a platform that lets you leave a rating or review, we always really do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.